We were just talking about dry January as well, George. I'm doing that inadvertently. Oh, oh yeah. Look at you. Not trying and succeeding. Just not even trying and he's doing it, asshole. What a... I lie awake crying, George, and you're just like, no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, um... I went, uh, I've got a week off now. It started, you know, started on Friday. But then I was like, I'm going to have to go through a week of not drinking anything. Yeah. It's cruel, a week off. Although, what I have been doing the last couple of days is waking up, doing my exercises, um, and then doing a couple of hours' work prepping and stuff, which is quite nice. So I'm actually doing stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What, uh, what exercises are you prep doing? And then, and then straight on to Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> I've got just like a little um, home workout app thing. But for some reason, I accidentally selected the 7 times 4 challenge. So it's every day for a month. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> and then some of, them are, some, some of the days are really easy. And then some of them are just like 20 different sets of push-ups in different ways. So like... Oh. Incline push-ups, decline push-ups, like wide-arm push-ups. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Dying by the end of it. That's tough. Um, it's, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just making up for my lack of calories from beer with calories from chocolate, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm not going into deficit. I'm having none of that. I just eat like a pig. It's so bad. It's fine. Just, um, bread. Once. It's <sighs> bread. It's the main thing. Delicious bread. Delicious pizza. Delicious oh. bread. I mean, they say a man cannot live on bread alone. I fucking could. Yeah. No. Pizza. Every meal. Without doubt. Oh. A pizza the other night. you got to live, haven't you? Hello. And welcome to Pisces. We're playing the Delta Green campaign, Impossible Landscapes, by Dennis Detweiler adapted to be set in the UK. My name is Rich and I'm the handler. My players are Jordan as working agent Nero and Ed as working agent Gonzo. Please be aware, Delta Green games contain uncomfortable topics, including graphic violence and depictions of mental illness. Let's begin. Okay. So you guys have um, talked a little bit about what you wanted to happen at, at the end of the last operation because we did just kind of fade to black. So do you want to um, just go over with what you what you what you what you said? Uh, yeah. You want to kick off, Joel? Yeah, let me get up my notes. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> um. So immediately after. End, end of the last uh, session, it was um, we discovered some... We, we exited the burnt down or burning down building and... It was already... It was burnt down. It wasn't in the process. It was burnt down. And yeah. there were posters with our names on um, saying the performance is coming through soon with our new players um, um and our aliases played by our real names were on the posters. Mm-hmm. So um, Nero will collect all the posters um, up um, while Gonzo, what are you doing while he's grabbing all the bits and pieces? So as you're 
getting it, everything down, I, I pulled down one poster myself and stuff it into my pocket and then uh, proceed to help remove the rest of the posters. Mm. And then we're, we're going to go to the underground um, and while we're walking, Nero's going to phone uh, the handler and just be as rude as possible. Um, he's like, <laughs> right, very rude. It, it's done. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck off and leave us alone, yeah? Um, hangs up and he's also going to prank his own landline from <laughs> uh, Gonzo's number and without without saying anything. And then we're going to head to Euston Station and head separate ways on the circle line, um, giving her like a cursory goodbye, not sort of realising that it could be their last one. Hmm. Uh, I think I know where you might be pranking the number now. First I was like, huh? Now I think I understand. Okay. Yeah, uh, a goodbye at Euston Station and then parting ways. Although, don't you live kind of near each other? Uh, no. No, York and Brighton. York? Yeah. Oh. I just (laughs) just forgotten where you live, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell by his northern Uh, accent. uh, Well, yeah, true, sorry, yeah, of course. Um... You're down in you're down in Brighton, aren't you, Gonzo? Yeah. So some time passes. We move into um, 1996. Oh my days! Oh, six years old. Think of all the film references we've got now. Oh, Ooh. just you wait. I've got some fun Hello. facts coming at you in and a second. Welcome. Your top story tonight. But first off, shock around the country major today. News. The U.S. Embassy in London is targeted uh, by an apparent suicide car bomb attack. Two U.S. service members were killed alongside four supposed terrorists who are believed to be part of the Provisional Irish Republican Army, or the IRA. Our correspondent, William Knight, with more on this story. That was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Big fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I suppose the terrorist attack on the on the U.S. embassy becomes a quite a major international incident. Actually, um, luckily, such good friends of the states, so it so it all works out. But um, it, it, is, it does dominate the news cycle for a while. Um, and our good friend Frank Messenger of Island Weird, uh, along with other US and UK conspiracy outlets report uh, a witness named only as Yevgeny told that not only were the supposed terrorists not IRA they were Americans and the firefight included MI5 and SAS members Yevgeny said a diplomatic passport from the scene could prove this but no further evidence was produced also over the rest of 1995 moving into 1996 a, a kind of constant thing in the in the news is uh, efforts ramping ramping up against uh, a so-called protest group called army of the third eye and un- unlike other protest groups who kind of progress to violence after other forms of dissent the army's first actions were violent it targeted individuals involved in britain's defense and aerospace industries including severn aerospace uh, group leaders 
uh, by the time we're, we we get to in 1996, later on in 1996, are wanted for more than 10 kidnappings and three murders. Names of leaders are rumoured to be Lee Coleman and Richard Rowland. However, this is unsubstantiated. And victims are of, often trepanned. You know what trepanning is? I do not. No. It's when you drill a hole in your skull. Oh. Damn. damn. Uh, all known sightings and survivor reports of perpetrators mention them being masked or disguised. Yes, and after murders and kidnappings were attributed to the group, uh, they were designated a terrorist organisation for obvious reasons. Murders, kidnappings, etc. And now some fun facts about 1996 for everyone. Craig Newmark moved his Craigslist to a website in 1996. Google was introduced by Sergey Brin and Larry Page in 96. The game Duke Nukem 3D was released yes, January 29th. That's a bop right the there. Fir- the first Tomb Raider game was released on October 25th, 1996. Damn. Um, Blizzard re- uh, released the original Diablo game 20 December 27th. And both the domains IMDB and MySpace both came online on 1996. What a year. Well, hey. That's a winner. That's a winner. What a year. I'm working some of that into my backstory right now. <laughs> First one with the MySpace page, huh? Yeah. Straight in there. <laughs> what song will I choose? That's a real question. Oh, what who's song top friends? would Gonzo have? <laughs> okay. Cool, so we'll move on to um, home scenes. Basically, time that passes is 14 months. So we go from... August, yeah, to October of 1996. And who would like to go first with the home scene? Don't all go at once. Uh, no, you go, mate. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Alright, pop your headphones off, Jordan. Yep. See you in a bit. Hello. Hello there. Well, I never liked Jordan anyway. I know. Finally, we can speak freely. (laughs) Uh, I think we made that joke last time, so. (laughs) These new bits. If he accidentally gets murdered, (laughs) delete all of these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Quite incriminating, isn't it, really? It's fine. It's fine. It's all in good good spirit. Nice bit of friendly. So, how do you think think Gonzo does at home? Uh, So, Gonzo does poorly at home um after leaving the scene he's gonna not even particularly say goodbye to nero he just is in shock of what's kind of going on even though he's aware of what's happening he's kind of just defaulted into like the following role and he's just followed nero Mm. around and he's just like getting on the train he's just heading back to brighton he's like oh okay yep 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 he's gonna get home (laughs) And just obsess over this little piece of paper for about six months. Uh, just in essentially terrified of what's coming with the, the new play threatened to come soon. He's just going to yeah. sit at home, just double down, well, during the initial, would it have been the initial school holidays? But either way, yeah. While his time of work, just absolutely <laughs> seal himself in and then just go back to work tick over 
essentially just yeah. barely tick over. But then, as time moves on, and nothing really happens, there's no phone calls, no one comes to visit, there's nothing connecting the previous case, he just, he just starts to forget a little bit, and he starts to go back to, back to his karate, and yep. while he's there, he, he meets a new student, and they hit it off, and they talk, and they laugh, and then they go out, and time just ticks on by, and before he knows it, he's thinking less and less about what's happened, and he's just thinking more of what's going on, and he, yeah. he starts to take a turn, and it's almost like it's a post-agency life, and he just starts, starts living again. Starts to kind of forget. Yeah. Just... Well, I will say as well, the dreams, the dreams do subside, the ones that you've been having. Yeah. Uh, but there is one final one that kind of stands out, where you are rowing a little rowboat across the lake, across the lake, and in the sky, two blood red moons move across the night sky, and underneath the lake is a great city that you can see reflected below. And someone sits at the front of the boat. And he's a man with a red rotary telephone on his lap. You know, his old school telephones. Probably wouldn't be old school in 96. <laughs> yeah, there's normal telephones. <laughs> there's normal telephones you get. Um, he has one of those on his lap. Um, and he picks up the phone and says, Labulus finds the box of papers soon. Tell her to take the radio from him and put it on the wall. Ooh. And then he hangs up the phone and he smiles warmly at you. And he says, a mundane task, but important. I told the telephone we'll meet soon. Remember, he says. And when he says the next sentence, yep. you automatically speak it alongside him. And he say, nothing is true except out is through. Oof, and then you wake up. Oof. What what home scene did you land on then? So I stayed true, even though I want to change it afterwards, uh, to what I said and staying on the case. Like the first... I mean, do, do what you like, honestly. Nah. If you want to do something else, it's, it's what he would do. And he would yeah. the first six months he's just obsessing over this this poster, essentially thinking that mm-hmm. his time is coming. So he's just getting on those sweet sweet chat boards, narrowing to people, yeah. just basically doing anything he can do to try and find out about the architect. The building, the victims, just trying to connect anything that'll give them a bit of a clue into what's happening. Okay. Let's have a look at what it says. Stay on the case. Your agent can spend nights and weekends poring over an old operations evidence and case files. This reduces one bond, other than a bond for Delta Green, by one as you... What? Delta Green? What's that? <sighs> playing that game? Those damn Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you let other responsibilities lapse. A handler secretly rolls criminology or occult for your agent. Success means you cover some pertinent clue for the handler's devising, an especially valuable one of a critical. Failure means you find nothing. A fumble means you think you find a valuable clue, but it turns out to be dangerously wrong. Ooh. Either way, your agent gains 1d6 minus 3 san income into terms of what happened, or obsessing over it destructively if the roll means a loss of san. Okay. Um, so I'm going to homebrew a little bit, so... Uh, both your criminology and occult are really bad, aren't they? Yep, fucking shocking. <laughs> this is the base rate <laughs> for both of them. <laughs> Incredible. Um, 
Uh, we'll roll something else, and I would say you're going to gain more than... You're doing just a straight 1d6 San Ooh. instead of 1d6 minus 3. I think that's a bit grim. That is grim. Um, yeah. So... Let's have a look at... Um, Ooh, that was a your... third. What was that? Was it always my phone going down on the desk? Oh, nice. I thought that was the big boy coming out. I was like, well... Oh, no. <laughs> no, I've got... The Centurion's not coming out because I don't have my dice tray. Can't be trusted with normal tables. No. <laughs> I don't have any skill. Okay, roll your roll your history. Okay. Because this is technically history. 45. Uh, oh, just. And... Uh, 53. Okay. I'll give you some bits here. Hello, hello. You do a lot of you do a lot of researching and you find out that on the 30th of August 1895 there was a play in Paris performed called Le Roy en Jean by a group called Les Coquilles. Coquelet, Coquelet the Clots. <laughs> I really <laughs> fucked that up. I'll message you. <laughs> nice, thanks. Les Coquelicots. Coquelicots. It's, um, yeah, that's pronunciation for you. You're going to butcher um, that spelling as I write that down. They they put on a show of Le Roy en Jeune in Paris, uh, but it's broken up by the Paris police and cast members are arrested. Moments before the raid, you find out the show is disrupted by strangely dressed English-speaking intruders who draw firearms on stage before fleeing, pursued by masked riflemen in black. You also learn that there was a woman in the chorus of the play whose name was Adrienne Darabondi. And following on, you, you find an old, nearly forgotten interview with Darabondi, Asa Darabondi, in which he talks lovingly of his aunt, Adrienne, and she looked after him for a time when he was ten years old and told him poems and sung him songs that she said were from a play she was in. But then she was kicked out by uh, Asa Darabondi's mother when she learnt that Adrienne was telling Asa he was royalty from a far-off country in Europe and that assassins were after him. Well, well, well. 6th of May, 1902, two men attack Asa Darabondi on the train but are shot and killed by plain-clothed detectives in the employ of millionaire Ian F. de Craig. Well, Ian F. de Craig. Interesting. And then one more, one more little thing for you. You find this is Darabondi himself has written this somewhere, and it's May 1921, and he is overcome with a monstrous depression and expresses a desire to kill himself. He is consoled by, quote, friends at the hotel, including Wild, Gary T, and Roark. <laughs> Good old Roark. At this point, do I roll for sand and just start crying? No. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> okay. What's your um, new girlfriend's name? New girlfriend's name? Oof. Didn't think of that one, did you? No. I'm going to say she's called Samantha. <laughs> Samantha. Yep. Okay, you will cross out Claire in your bonds. <laughs> yep. And write Samantha. Claire was the, the girl that you fancied at work. Yep. She's out. Old hat. She's out. 
Is Samantha starting on 12? Yes. Technically, I think they should start lower, but hey-ho. Who plays by the rules, huh? He's head over heels, 12 level of love. Good, you won't be soon. <laughs> um, because <laughs> Friday the 27th of October. Yeah. Do you think you'd have a fax machine? Uh, I mean, I can access one at work, but I don't know. Do you think you'd have one at home? I do spend a lot of time on the internet, so I would say, yeah, you probably would. If not, You've got e- that new phone as well. You're quite a gadget-oriented yeah. man. Email is, if, is the one, if not. He's got a, a Yahoo address. <laughs> of course. You get a fax through early, 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 early on Friday, 27th of October, 1996. And it says... In plain, uh, that old dot matrix paper. Yeah. You know I mean, with the... Uh, oh, that's incredible. The Peel those sides side, off. Yeah. Oh, when they glide, it's ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good. Isn't it? The message on this fax says, Birmingham, 3 p.m., figure of eight. Regards, friends from York. Ooh. So, Birmingham, 3 p.m., figure of eight. I'm going to take a punt and say figure eight if yep. is some kind of pub, but I would go and look that up straight away. Guess what? It not only is a pub, it's of Weatherspoons. Oh. Uh. How was Weatherspoons regarded in 1996? <laughs> <laughs> Something else so I can get Jordan in? Uh, I would just sit there looking at my, my little note that's arrived and just like a bit of a cold sweat as I just think about what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. And it must be such a downer after so long you thought maybe you're out of it, done enough. Yeah. I'm just going to sort of stare at it and just uh, fade to black as you get Jordan. Hang on a minute. We never did my 1 and D6 minus 3. Oh, yeah. We'll just do 1 D6. So roll a D6. Oh, fucking hell. 6. Yeah, boy. No. Yeah. Hang on. Cheeky booger. I know, right? That's all you got to do is honest Cheeky rolls. Cheeky booger. Oh my Good. god, needed Congratulations. that. Well done. Oh, sweet, sweet sound points. How do we think how do we think Nero does when he gets home, on the way home, how he feels over the next couple of months? I think he is ridiculously shaken. Oh yeah. It, you know, it's not just it's not as black and white and um, clean cut as the last operation a missing person uh, okay can't find her fine we get the artifact hand it in there's been murders deaths um, people knowing our names hearing stuff from previous operations a sense of our privacy a sense of his privacy going um, and having absolutely no support from the organisation yeah so I think on his train journey home and and even the next few weeks, it's um, paranoid central. Mm. What home scene did you land on? I decided to go to um, back to nature. Mm. Um, Nero is going to plan to go backpacking in the Scottish Highlands. Yep. Um, he's going to try and live off the land, um, doing odd jobs for, you know, a bit of pay just to go off grid too far away from anyone to even know who he is and anyone to get in contact with him just to just to reset yeah oh you're gonna do it for a while huh i'll just say extended time alone so yeah yeah good maybe like a good few months over yeah. um 
Oops, we're, so we finished around mid-August, so the weather's still yeah. be good. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Your agent can spend time in seclusion, minimising stress, distractions and obligations. This is an invocation with the family. It's extended time alone, or mostly alone, in an environment that's physically active. Fewer of her demands on the agent. This reduces uh, one bond by one. So whatever bond you need to reduce there, or you'd like to reduce, just by one. Yeah. As you let other responsibilities lapse. Which one did you choose? Uh, my football team. Yeah. You won't be there to play. Exactly. Okay, um, I homebrewed a, a little bit of Eds, so uh, roll a sand test, success adds 1d4 or 4 for a critical up to your agent's power times 5, failure adds 1 sand, a fumble costs 1d4. So a success, I'm going to say 1d8, yep. and then a failure can be 1d4. Okay. Uh, annoyingly, my dice were not ready. I had everything oh. apart from my D100. For God's sake, sort it I out. I know, I know. There we go, right. Um, that is 90. <laughs> over 40. Uh, okay, um, you can roll one D4 and, and get that much sanity back then. I'll take a look I can get. Yeah, right. Three. Okay. Three. So, before you go to Scotland, you still suffer from, from bad dreams. Maybe some of them are just things that have happened in the McAllister building. Maybe even images of Michelle Van Fitz lying motionless on the floor. But they start to, they start to lessen off. Um, there is one one final one that sticks out in your memory where uh, a woman stands in a bathroom she holds several neatly folded black, red and gold uniforms she has two needles in the corner of her mouth, she's like holding onto them and on the wall in front of her is a sort of a hatch, it's like a small metal door with a handle it looks newly installed and is slightly off kilter she opens the hatch door and drops the uniforms inside. She seems to notice you uh, and points behind you and says, He went through there. It's not for everyone, though. It's dangerous. And as you turn around, you see the cabinet, the bathroom cabinet mirror, and drawn on it over and over in a greasy finger is the yellow sign. I don't recognise this woman. No. No. No, you do not. Okay. More crazy feckin' dreams. <laughs> so you have your time. In, you have your time away in Scotland. Um, what makes you come back? Do you think? Do you think it's probably just bad weather? Gets too cold. Uh, yeah. Um, the environment, and, and also just yeah, I've wanted to get away from reality, but then after a while, you do miss the comforts of. You know, watching the football on the Saturday, or football, yeah. going to the pub, or even just seeing friends and family. As much as you yeah, feel we like do you've have changed, you do have a daughter and stuff, don't you? So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, fourteen months passes, um, and on very early in the morning on Friday, the twenty seventh of October, nineteen ninety six, the beeper that you keep in a drawer goes off for the first time in a long time. And looking at it, 
It's a fancy. It's a fancy beeper with a little little screen that text like scrolls by on, and the text says, "Be ham, three p.m. Figure of eight, an orange hat." Uh, he sits. He, he would just sit. He, he would just sit. Sit down and decide whether he goes. Yeah. But because of the dream, I think he realizes that nothing's going to change. He's in too deep. So he starts digging out all of his gear. All of his gear? Yeah. Probably would have packed away after Scotland and just get his standard stuff and and get a map out and yeah, work out where to go. Yeah. Um, the figure of eight in Birmingham is a pub. And unfortunately, it's a Weatherspoons. Well, at least it's cheap. Uh, um, what do you think... You've got a little go bag, don't you? What do you think is in there? Um, you can have anything anything reasonable enough. Yeah, like a light hovers, um, multi-tool, um, pen and pad. Zip ties, saw. <laughs> yeah, a gun, um, uh, machete. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, tomahawk. Yeah. Um, RPG. No, I reckon it would be uh, hivers, pen and paper. His beeper obviously would go in there. Um and maybe some tools, because at the end of the day he is an archaeologist and that's his cover for leaving. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Stuff. And a multi-tool and stuff. Yeah, cool, that's fair yeah. Cool. And then off to Birmingham. Yeah. That's not too excited about it. <laughs> no, I, I already I, I already know it's going to be like an emotional journey. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to be just fine, don't worry. Anything else before we, before we proceed? Anything he, he, he want to slot in, anything he does? Um, the only thing that I think he would do is to maybe just try to be a bit more present. Yeah. Because it's been 18 months. That's a longer gap than between the first two operations. Four, 14, sorry. 14 months. But yeah, it still is longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think that he probably has the assumption that maybe that's it. And maybe yeah. he can try and invest in relationships and not feel like he's lying all the time. Yeah. Yeah, quite, quite similar to quite similar to Ed, to be honest. Right, wait for the big man to get back in. Yeah, he, he messaged me at five with his home scenes, and I was like, okay, we'll pick one, like I did with you. Uh, and then he was like, um, I think I'll do the stay on the case one. So I was like, oh, thanks for letting me know two hours before we fucking play, but now I've got to do like <laughs> all this extra work to yeah, here he is, all this extra work to um. To, to see what you might find. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm about you, Edward. <laughs> Honestly, I might just get a tattoo with whoopsies and just hold it up every time. <laughs> yeah. Agent Gonzo, how are you getting to Birmingham? I'm going to take the train. you take the train? Yeah. It's a long train as well. Into the centre and then out the other side, so... I'm gonna take some some light reading and just sit there and just. <laughs> God, before you were tinnies then. <laughs> yeah, take some tinnies. Just get hammered on the train before. Yeah. Take a good old six pack of Stella. Necessarily <laughs> obnoxious. Special brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put my bops on. And yeah, I'll okay. set the playlist and then chop down. What about you, George? Agent Nero. Birmingham, York. It's not too far. I think he, maybe if you can get a lift or a bus, he'll just do that. Get a lift from York to Birmingham. <laughs> that is it's not as far as you think. On 96? 
How's the uh, M6 looking then? I don't know, that's pretty far. Anyway, sorry, I shouldn't talk about your travel. You do it. <laughs> Can I get a luck roll of the both of you, please? You may. Oh, you little bastard. Stay on too. 40. Ooh. Mm -hmm. 16. Nice. What'd you get, Ed? 16. 16. It looks as 50-50, right? Yes. Yeah, sweet. So Ed arrives 5 to 3. Agent, Agent Gonzo arrives yeah, 5 to, five to 3 early. Uh, and the figure of 8 is like a limestone facade and has a big tacky black sign with figure of 8 written in a, in a looping like golden script on the front. And inside, there's large blocky pillars dotted around the indoors on, the, on like a big open plan kind of pub. And this results in tables, some tables being out of view. And then there's booths that line the two, uh, two walls with cheap brown like faux leather and sticky tables. As you both know, I'm sure, Weatherspoons always have punters in. Um, but it is Friday at 3pm, so it's starting to starting to really pick up as well. But the space is large enough to guarantee you both some privacy. What would you like to do, Agent Gonzo? Uh, I'm going to walk in and I'll, I'll go to the bar and I'm going to order a Guinness because I think I'm above <laughs> cheap lager and then I'm going to go sit down at a table. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my six tinnies on the chain. Now I'm mixing. After my six Stella, I've developed <laughs> some, uh, some culture and I've just headed to uh, buy some Guinness. <laughs> I'm gonna Near the end of my drinking session, I'm going to start drinking Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to eat as well. It's fine. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're just going to sit down? Yeah, I'm going to pick a table that has four seats. You know, like one of those like yeah. square, you know, rectangle affairs. Okay, and then just ten minutes later, in walks Agent Nero, and you you spot him before he spots you. But um, Agent Nero, could I have um? What's your search? Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Yeah, you definitely spot sitting at the at the very far back of this big room, facing the door, uh, is a chap in a neon orange beanie. Really inconspicuous. Yeah. His eyes are like downcast and they're fixed on the mug in front of him. He's got a little mug in front of him. He will... Nero will walk to the bar and um, order a cup of tea. Right. He will just have a, a look around the room regardless. Check if, you know, sort of spatial awareness. Make sure no one's too close to where he's going to go. Yeah. No, it, it looks, pretty, looks pretty spacious. The guy's pretty much alone. But when you are looking around, you do spot... Your old pal, Agent Gonzo. His eyes widen, and once he's paid the the barman, um, he walks over to Gonzo, and he says, um, "You like some?" Cool, they let anyone in here nowadays, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll assume that I'm just sort of just staring. I'll just look up and be like, "Oh, thought I'd see you here." Orange hat, is it? And then I'll I'm gonna stand up and extend my hand to shake yours. As I do that, I'll, I guess I'll look over and clock the guy in the orange hat as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, didn't even notice him. Well, you weren't told about an orange hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as he shakes your hand, he says, "Good to see you again, Michael." Ooh. 
Oh my god. What is your name? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have that moment of just pure panic. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, it's really good to see you as well. There's a... Or like, it's probably the main Hold reason on. it came. Roll and let roll. And I'll just like sweat. <laughs> I just have no idea what your name is. <laughs> Oh yes, 39. Uh, 39. You remember? <laughs> well done, Jamie Bastard. You remember his name is John Wilson. Oh, thank you. I knew I, I had John Wilson written down in front of me. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck me, is that, is that an NPC? Alright, asterisk either side. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and then afterwards I'll be like, after you, John. <laughs> wow. I imagine this scene is like actually five minutes long of you staring with hands grasped <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. like staring beads of sweat running down your face and you go after Pissed you as well. John like, <laughs> like slurring his words barely stand up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I had a few drinks while I was waiting <laughs> Last okay. birthday on the train. <laughs> Nero takes his tea and heads over to uh, to Orange Hat Man. Per- Orange Hat Man. Person. I don't know if they're a man or woman. It's a, it is a man, yes. You approach the table um, and the man looks up at the both of you. And he seems a little bit startled. And he's like, oh. And he whips the orange beanie off and puts it on the table. Uh, and he goes, oh, hi. Hi, I'm Tom. Uh, uh, Tom Parsnip. I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let a little snigger. Yeah, it's usually people do have a bit of a chuckle, actually. Do you want to sit down? Take a seat, yeah. Uh, and he, he nervously fishes out like a black wallet out of his pocket and flips it open and it reveals uh, a police badge and ID card. And you can, you can see it says Tom Parsnip written on there. Mm-hmm. So... How's your journey, all right? Not too bad, son. Happy I've got a brew now. Slurring. I'm like, oh, this is fucking great, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just give him a little nod. Okay. Uh, this is Tom, by the way. There he is. I, I really wanted him to be, like, a Boosh character. <laughs> the <past. laughs> He's an actual parsnip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that would have been good, but... <laughs> You've got to keep it and in some kind of fusion open in the background. Ground it in some kind of realism. Of course, of course. Um, we are professional. We are professional <laughs> agents of the we section. We are professionals. Yeah. yeah. So Tom, Tom does look a, look a bit nervous. Uh, he puts his little black wallet away, um, and he says, "Sorry, I uh, um, don't really know what uh, how it all works, you know. And I guess I'll uh, start at the beginning, shall I? I think you best." Well, um, when was it, Tim? Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday the 11th. There's a homeless man, John Doe. He's found at um, Witten Cemetery. It's, uh, it's gone seven o'clock by Lisa Barry. She was walking her dog. Got to be careful not to drift into Scouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about accents. <laughs> Can we get my Welsh back out to remind you? Yeah, yeah. He continues. Uh, the body is um, is taken and, and a full autopsy is done. Uh, and the death is ruled as, as suspicious. 
Uh, obviously. Um, but due to overcrowding, he was stored at Tomasino's funeral directors. Two days ago, Tuesday 22nd, um, there's a steel fire door at the back of Tomasino's was uh, broken into. Set off alarms. Uh, the body is uh, is taken. Right. They told me to, uh, to keep an eye out for stuff like that, you know, so so I had to call it in. He goes, uh, uh, here, she said, to, uh, she said to give you this. And he pushes over like an A4 size manila envelope. Can't speak today. I grab the envelope and um, look at Gonzo and give him a nod and, and open it. So inside, uh, two ID badges. They say West Midlands Local Policing Unit. Investigation Team, Secondary Investigation, Brian Potter and Gethin Jones. And there's a small slip of extremely thin rice paper. It's about 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? Start drinking again. I didn't <laughs> speak <laughs> Your better. Your body's just shutting down. Like, no. <laughs> These alcohol. About 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres on the paper is printed. Identify the nature of Don John Doe disappearance and whether it has unnatural origin. If so, locate the threat and eliminate it. Cover up any indications of the unnatural. And then there's a space and it says, consume paper, destroy identification. And Tom Parsnip pipes up. He kind of looks over and goes, badges? Your rolls, I guess. Uh, can I take a look? By, by all means. And he looks at the, looks at the ID and goes, yeah, it's quite a convincing fake. West Midlands Local Policing Investigation Team. Yes, yeah, secondary investigation. It's like um, you visit homes and scenes of crimes and everything afterwards just to see if there's anything else that needs cleaning up after. Do you know what I mean? Uh, j- uh, just in case they, they missed something the first time around, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm local CID myself, so I deal in like, burglaries and personal robberies, frauds and, and some vehicle crime, you know. So... Uh, so we we could uh, talk to you if we or, or, or use you as a friendly. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been told to help us any way that I can. Yeah. All right. Well, if you could just do this investigation, we can pack our form. That'd be grand. <laughs> I was going to snig into myself. <laughs> Fortunately, I, I wouldn't really know where to start. Um, but yeah, I've been told to help in any way I can. Is there any way I can reach you? I'll. Uh... I'll pull my phone out and I'll, I'll put it on the table and I'll be like ah oh, pop your pop your number in here and I'll uh, just give you a quick call yeah you can exchange numbers he can say he will say to you the Britain Cemetery that's um that's not far away and uh, Thomas E knows as well that's um that's just down the road obviously you can go to either or but it's getting on a bit now to get to like half three she says so it's up to you where you want to start, really. If we, um... I'm just going to look at him. And can I just, just ask him, like... Tom, how do you, uh... How do you get involved in all this, anyway? How did I... How did I get involved? Yeah, just, you know... How do you find yourself, uh... Working with... The organisation? Well, uh... I helped them... Helped them out with something one time, and I... Didn't exactly tell me who they were, but, um... Afterwards, uh... They had... They had pictures. They had pictures of my kids at school. 
I did, you know, I'm glad to help, but you know, something's not right with them. You know, the last guys I worked with, they were, they were awful. You know, I've got the wife and I've got three kids at home, so I'll just, just do what I can to help, you know. I'm just going to sort of side-eye over towards Nero and just be like, Ugh, are we the good guys sort of look in my eye? <laughs> and then I'll sort of, I'm just going to nod at him and be like, no, no, I, uh, I understand. We'll just put in you did murder someone last time. Oh, yeah, we'll just completely admit that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom. Yeah. We're experienced murderers, so... Oh, Parsnip, have I got a story for you? <laughs> yes. Anything else you'd like to ask, Tom? Um, Anything else that comes yeah, up? Yeah, um, I'd like to know the homeless man's name. You may have already said it. I, If you did, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. Uh, no, he is um, unidentified. Unidentified. So there's no records on him. Well, I, I would assume there's no records on him. No. Okay. So, yeah, so he's a homeless man is known as a John Doe, if it's unidentified. Okay, yeah. Nice. And uh, I'm just going to ask about the establishment, if there's anything unusual about Tomasino's. About Tomasino's? No, no, nothing unusual. As far as I know, it's just a just a funeral parlour. Has there um, been history of of an history and occurrences of the uh, any other funeral homes in the in the area? Mm, I'd have to get back to you on it. So I can have a look for you. Not that I've not that I've heard of, but you know I don't hear everything. That always creeps just cast then. <laughs> did you did you um, tell us how he died, the the victim? No, I didn't. I don't. I don't know. And Rich, you said the two options to start with were either Tomasino's and where else? Um, the crime scene. Crime scene. Which is Witten C- Cemetery. And which one's closer? To be honest, they're both equidistant, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, Agent Gonzo, I don't have any preference to where we go. Maybe we should just start from the beginning and have a look at the uh, the crime scene, first of all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I assume I'm wearing a jumper. I'm going to pull back the, uh, the sleeve and look at my Casio. And... Uh, <laughs> Ask about. I think, I think we go have a good nap first. Everywhere's gonna be shutting soon. Let's just uh, let's go catch up. Well, he's not gonna get, not gonna get any uh, deader, is he? I'll, I'll let out a bit of a chuckle, and then I'll turn to Tom Parsnip. Um, <laughs> I hope you find a way out of this, Tom. And then I'm just gonna drag my chair backwards squeakily and stand up and walk back to the table I was at. Oh, hold on. Hold on a minute. I just thought. John Doe is found Tuesday the 11th, right? And the body's taken Tuesday 22nd. Was he in there for 11 days? Oh, yeah. Stored him at Tomasino's for 11 days. Surely that's not, that's not procedure. No, not really. Autopsy was done. Autopsy was done the, the next day, I think. The same day or the next day. That's something I can probably have a, have a look into for you. I'll give you a I'll give you a call. Ah, uh, can you find out um, in instances like this who's got the responsibility of a burial or cremation, whether it's the state or yeah, what what what's the procedure there? If he's not identified, I think he's just um, handed over to the state, and it's just a, a cremation, and they have the the priest there, and that's about it, I think. But I'll double check. Ah, oh, please do. Alright, well, I've, um, I've actually got to go pick up the kids from school, so I'll, I'll give you a ring later, alright? 
Uh, and I need to drop drop mine off at the pool. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Sh- you uh, nice to meet you, Tom. All right, Tom. I'll, I'll just give me a call if you need anything, Richie. <laughs> He's not shaking your hand as easily. Yeah, I'm shaking your hand. <laughs> He always sounds like he's about to cry. What, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Was he? He's being blackmailed. He's having a bad time. <laughs> I'm just trying to do Brum accent. <laughs> but without steering too far into... Um, neither of you knew him, but uh, we had a science teacher called Mr. Whitworth. And he was from Dudley and he was like, Mr. Whitworth, here's the large brother. He was like this. And I'm trying not to do it that badly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> two on the nose. I... I hope the next character we meet has an equally as thick accent. <laughs> Where would you like to go? Um, I want to ask the barman if he's got a, a local map. A local map? <laughs> ah, a local map. No, I don't have a local map, sorry. It's a pub, not a fucking news agent. <laughs> oh, that's my favourite one so far. <laughs> um, I'm going to Jordan. I, if you, you probably have an A to Z in the car, if that's fine. Like, yeah, I'm just looking at Google Maps now. Yeah, well, don't look too hard. Um, <laughs> can you see how far you can just York go to whatever thing you like. I'm not going to be like, well, you don't know the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was more thinking distance and time, that like walking. Oh right, um, it's, it's like, not not well. It's like two uh, hours away. Yeah, I wouldn't just... particularly walk it. No, I'd say you need a car. Bit higher one then, haven't you? Um, well, I, I do agree with Gonzo. Maybe we should have a bit of a catch-up. Oh, what, the two, yeah? Yeah, just to, you know, get another drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you like? What are you having, son? Uh, I'm just going to shake my glass. Shot of tequila. Yeah. Shot. Uh, the Jaeger bomb's a thingy. 96. <laughs> Let me just do some research. Uh, I'm going to invent a new drink called the Jaeger bomb just for this. Nero comes back with two halves of Coke. Two halves of Coke? I, he cuts me off after one pint. <laughs> You can see how pissed you are. <laughs> Get him a coffee. I think we need a, a clean head, and um, it may not be January in game, but it is in the real world, Ed, and you can't even be drinking fake booze. <laughs> I've had my train tinnies, you're too late. Um, <laughs> then he will just sort of just smile and accept his overly sweet weather spoons coke. How you been keeping? You just sort of do that, sort of like laugh when you think about what you're, what you're going to say. Like, yeah, I've been keeping, keeping, keeping pretty well actually. The last, last couple of months, I thought, thought I left all this nonsense behind me. Well, I must say, I'm not glad to be back, but I'm glad to see you. That's a. Yeah, he's got to like sort of lift his glass, almost like a, agree sort of gesture. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a. That's actually what I want to talk about. So. What made you come back? Well, I've been having more dreams than after that fiasco when the York hit York Moors, so I thought in for a penny and in or in for a pound. I'm not going to escape it. Seeing that symbol, I think, I think I'm not just observing it now, I think I'm part of it. I can't keep running, because it's found me, it's found me somewhere, so if I can bring it to justice... Got traveller. What about you? I'm trying to like swill my coke around my glass. Still trying to figure it out. I uh, everything about this business isn't isn't what I thought it was all those years ago. But I think I want at least one answer 
before I'm done with this. And now I'm just gonna, like, take a big swig of my coke. Yeah, you're right. We deserve one win, don't we? I don't think we've ever got one, have we? I'm gonna let a little chuckle again. I'm like, you hear what that guy said about the organisation just blackmailing his family? Doesn't surprise me, does it you? They don't care. Be nice to uh, at least think we're the good guys. All we can be is the best us. Even if it means that maybe we inadvertently hurt people, we're doing it for the right reasons, not just, well, being malicious to Tom Parsnip. <laughs> and he, he, he laughed to himself, he said his fucking name. <laughs> well, I'll sit back in my chair and uh, I'll just be a bit quiet and just like laugh. I'm like, mm. yeah, what's new? What's new with you? John. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much. Uh, I went to ground after um, London. Uh, you know, you just have to, have to get a bit of space from, from it all. After I came back, just tried to do the things I couldn't do. You know, be there for my daughter, make friends. It had been so long since we'd, that fucking beeper had gone off. I thought that was it. So I thought I could relax. Just, just trying to be me, if that makes sense. He'll, he'll nod at you. I'll be like, oh, it's nice to, uh, it's nice to get some, some facts out of you instead of uh, just calling you Nero. Maybe, maybe from now on though we should stick to our, our names. Gethin. Gethin. Forgot about that fella. A nailer. And he's got a nail his whole coke. <laughs> All right then. Where to? Hey, but hang on, hang on, hang on. What was your name again? Oh, Brian Potter. That's it. That's it. He's got to flip his little notepad open. Write down Brian Potter. Well, Mr. Potter, I think 11 days is a long old time. Let's go check out that mortuary. Lead the way, son. I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> just go. <laughs> just walk. You're going to Tomasino's funeral home? Yeah. Yeah, uh, do you want to go and rent a car? Oof. I, I, think we prob- I think we probably need to. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, probably for the best. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll go to the closest rental place and get the cheapest one we can Yeah. For. Yeah, I'll just hand wave it, it's fine. Yeah. You get a little, you get a little um, what's it called, Reliant Robin, a little freewheeler. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we might get a Saxo. Oh, it's Saxo. Yeah, well, okay, Saxo's like. around in 96? It's for a, a search on Yahoo. Yeah. Oh, they were. Cars. I have no idea. So. Peak Saxo as well. Incredible. Peak Saxo. Mid-90s was just terrible for everything, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not for Pro- fashion, my friend. The height of fashion, mid-90s. Production 2006. Boom. Oh. Brand new. Fucking hell. Big spender. <laughs> Okay, you get to Tomasino's. Um, it is still open. It's late on a Friday. Oh, lucky, isn't it? <laughs> Going into the entrance, there's, um, there's a, a small entry with two doors, and then uh, you walk into the lobby, uh, and there is a receptionist sitting at a desk. She she's about in her 20s, mid-20s. She's got brown pixie-cut hair, and she's got bright red lipstick on. And uh, there's no one else... There's no one else in the shop, so it seems, or the funeral home. It's not really a shop, is it, I guess? Um, she watches you walk in, uh, and then she 
puts a big smile on. She goes, you all right? Can I help? Uh, yes. Um, my name is, uh, Agent Brian Potter. Agent? Well, I don't know, whatever my ID says. <laughs> You're a police officer. <laughs> yeah, officer. And this is my colleague. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Kick him, like, elbow him. <laughs> okay, this is okay. Uh, Officer. <laughs> I pressed the mute on my microphone uh, and I was just, just talking to myself. Um, I'm just going to lean forward. Am I still Welsh? I'm not going to be Welsh anymore. I'm just going to be normal. You can try. I don't know if you really yeah, can be normal, mate. Fuck it up. I've got. Sorry, I've looked at my, my notes as I assume. Uh, Gonzo as well and I've got Kevin Peterson written down in big letters because that was my first cover name yeah. I was just about to introduce myself as Kevin Peterson <laughs> uh, it's, it's Kevin Jones get your story straight man alright oh, well, um, you set officers you police ah yes um, we are a secondary investigation group uh, uh, unit for the uh, West Midlands uh, police we um, I was wondering if your funeral director's in Mr Thomasine eh Mm. Yeah, I can just buzz him through. Hold on. She picks up the phone and she goes, it's well weird though, isn't it? It's like, do you know what I think though? I think it was like organ harvesters. Do you know what I mean? Like, you wake up in a bathtub full of ice, no kidneys or nothing. Does that happen a lot in this place? No, never actually. But, you know, could be, couldn't it? Is a dead person's organs, are they still good? I'm sure after 11 days, they, um, they might be a little bit worse for wear. I don't think they'll be salv- salvageable, do you? Looking down at the receptionist. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Tomasino, there's some police here to see ya. She says down the phone. She hangs out. It'll just be a minute. Right, and where were you on Tuesday the 2nd? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was at my boyfriend's ironclad alibi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no keep more your questions. to yourself. All right, I'm taken. Nero turns around to look at Gonzo and gives him a dead eye like, don't fucking think with the intercog. Uh, just out of just out of curiosity, what what are you wearing right now? <laughs> Not in real life, just your character. What are you wearing? Character is wearing um, what all middle-aged men wear. Blue jeans. Smart, smart jeans or shirt. <laughs> See, I'd be wearing a relatively scruffy jumper and some 1990s baggy jeans. It's got like a um, mint shell suit on with like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at like internally at the idea of just presenting myself as a police officer when I'm just dressed like a late 20s bum essentially. So it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess maybe you should be in uniform, huh? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, let's just see. Hopefully that, no one will question moving forward. That is yes. a wonderful thing. Yeah, exactly. Just put your high-vis on. No one will know. Exactly. High-vis for the win. After a few moments, uh, a door out the back opens. Um, and an older man walks in. He's probably about over 50. He's got receding black hair. He's dressed in a suit. He says, ah, yes, hello. My name is Dante Tomasino. Uh, Mr. Dante. Uh, Mr. Tomasino, I introduce ourselves. Is there a private room we could uh, chat to you? We're, we are the secondary investigation unit. Well, of course, um, I'll, I'll actually take you through to the to the prep room where 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 we keep the bodies, and I show you where he was stored. Thank you. So you got another little room in the back. Um, you go into a room where it has uh, the wall is like lined with those uh, freezer racks, 
know what I mean? You've sure you've seen it on the TV where there's like mm-hmm. holes in the wall. Yeah. The room like smells of chemicals, and on the other side of the room is like uh, stainless steel tables and tools and all sorts of fluids and everything. You don't really know what they do. But he goes to one drawer and pulls it out, uh, and it's empty. And he says, um, uh, as you can see, he was here, but um, taken. And he looks around, and he says, uh, nothing else, though. It's very odd. Well, what can I do for you? Look over, I guess. Can you see the door that was broken into, into the, in this room? He says, uh, no, that's, um, that's just out back in the garage. Uh, I can show you in a second. So the doors from you know, that garage to here, all the internal doors were not locked? Uh, no, they weren't. I guess no one really wants to steal dead people up until now. We very rarely keep any money on the premises, really, or um, or any um, drugs which may e- entice people to, to rob the place, so it's a very strange place for a robber, really. Uh, Mr. Tobasino, um, could you uh, just talk me through your autopsy? We, we've just been put on this case, so um, we will find it better if we hear certain f- facts firsthand. Um, could you talk me through that to start with? Uh, well, I didn't... I'm... I'm I didn't do the autopsy. Oh, I'm yes, not you're co- the... I'm, not, I'm not a coroner. Mm, yeah, I've just realised that you're a funeral director. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just run the funeral director. Yeah, um, I don't know who did the autopsy. It was already done by the time the, um, the body was, was brought here. Right. Um, while we're just talking, do, can I do a search? Like a very ser- cursory search? I don't know if that would yeah, be course. alert or search. Just around this room? Yeah. Yeah, what kind of thing are you looking for? Uh, just to see if there's anything that... Obviously, I don't know what the room should look like, but if anything mm. jumps out at me to not look normal. Mm-hmm. Nine under 64. No, nothing Nothing seems out of place. Um, but you do remember... I mean, it was two days ago as well, so obviously he's probably come back in and just made sure everything was, was neat and tidy. And he will tell you as well that <clears throat> there was no other damage done. Uh, in the room, it's literally just the just the fire door. Um, and if there's nothing else in this room, it'll it'll take you out to the garage if you if you like. Uh, so, uh, one more question, just um, regarding yes, Columbo. Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> just one more question. Just one more. Yeah. Uh, is it common, uh, Mr. Tomasino, for um, bodies to be stored for eleven days? Um. It, it, Sometimes, yes, uh, if the body's not claimed or uh, there's a hold-up for whatever reason, but um, 11 days is, is quite a while. I don't know why the body was the b- body was left here on the, um, was the 11th or the 12th, um, and then I didn't, didn't hear anything else until it was stolen. Sometimes there's a backlog with the police, yeah, I'm sure you're aware. Yes, resourcing can be an issue. Mr. Uh, officer, uh, fuck now. Jones, should we um, have a look at the the garage door? Yes, as we as we get to leave, can I just roll human silently on this dude? Just yeah, to see. Yeah. Oh, fuck me, why did I choose to do this? <laughs> oh my god, 15 under. Nice. 17. My rolls have been incredible today. Yeah, we're rolling rocks. Uh, he, seems, he seems very genuine. Nice. The feel you get off him. He seems like he's telling the truth. And I'm glad to do that silently as opposed to I'm just going to look you up and down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look me in the eyes, motherfucker. <laughs> Awkwardly stand there as I try and remember his name. What have you done? Dante. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he takes you out to the garage and 
It's it's quite cramped. There's two hearses. They sit together uh, in the garage in front of two garage doors. Um, and to the left side of them is the uh, is the fire exit, uh, and you can see the mechanism at the top of the door is mangled and bent outwards, and the wood where the hinges were screwed in uh, is just completely splintered away. And Mr. Tomasino says, um, "Oh, luckily this um, door is out of sight of the road; otherwise, I would have to close until I can get the door replaced." Mr. Tomasino, is there uh, any CCTV? Inside or outside? Unfortunately not, no. It just doesn't seem like we needed it. Now, perhaps I'd have to install some. Hmm. I, I would advise. Perhaps this is the start of a, um, a crime wave. Could I look at the door and see if it's been damaged from the inside or out? Uh, yeah, I'll give this to you. It definitely looks like it's been pulled away from the outside. From the outside. Yeah, definitely. You can tell just the way that, you know, the arm at the top of the door, the fire door, that's like literally like bent outwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the and the and the wood is like splintered, facing outwards. But give me a. Uh, what are you looking at it? Give me um, give me an int times five, Jordan. That is four under. Oh my god. Seventy-five. God damn. So, while you're looking at the door. You can you can see just outside of this of this funeral funeral home, and you can see the two garage doors on your right hand side. But then it, it pretty much immediately turns left and out onto the road. So it's a very it's quite a small cramped space. There's barely enough room to kind of turn the car in. So you think it would be difficult, not impossible, to tie something to the door and pull it pull it open. Hmm. But it, again, a very small space. But then afterwards, they have the time. They take, they took the time afterwards after opening the door to, to take the rope or the chain that they used off, because that wasn't found. Interesting. So there was a yes. no one knows what time yeah. of day this occurred. It was it was at night. It wasn't during the day. So in between, while they were closed. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. So very hard to use a vehicle to smash the smash the door open, and care was taken to remove any other rope chain paraphernalia associated with that. Yeah, Mr. Thomasino would tell you that, you know, there was nothing, nothing left in the morning. The door was still there, ripped off, but there was no rope or chains or anything. Hmm. Hydraulic press or something. I'll tell you straight away that Nero is thinking. Obviously, not saying is thinking. Fuck, is this a like? some sort of person some Oof. you know some freak of nature who's you know involved in this or being utilised I'm going to roll a natural just for shits and giggles 25 over 0 <laughs> you can't roll a 0 well, I guess you can eh? <laughs> um, I'm going to roll zero. because at least I have 5 on it yeah I got 5 on it uh, 45 over ah worth a try Bob. yeah what else do we what would he know um, as a funeral mm, actually, director. one thing I, I do have. I'm just going to wander down the alleyway a little bit. Can I just inspect? Can I? It's a bit of a strange one. Um, would it be drive or investigation to look for tire tracks? You can just look. It's fine. There's no rolls. It would be a search, probably more than anything, because there's not investigation, is there? Um, there, you can't see any tire tracks. No. Beautiful. Okay, I'll uh, I'll wander back. Um, before you, while you're heading back. Um... 
Nero will shout, uh, "Any uh, CCTV on the uh, the main roads?" Because you say it's quite a narrow back back alley. Would go mm-hmm. onto main roads. Uh, would he see anything on the key roads on the not main that roads? Can, not that he can see. No. No. Okay. Mr. Thomasino, can you um, show me the uh, uh, what do you call it? The the, the shelf, the uh, freezer shelf that the uh, John Doe was. The people shelf, please. <laughs> the what? Sorry. The people shelf. People shelf. <laughs> you want to see it? Uh, yes, please. Uh, uh, have a look inside and um, see well, if there's. We, did, we, we were in the prep room earlier, and I did open the door. Why didn't yeah. you look then? <laughs> <laughs> you know now what? We have to go, now we have to go back into the room. I have to open the door again. It even smells like chemicals in there, George. Costs a lot of energy to keep these freezers it. running, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, you can pop back in there, uh, and he opens the door. Essentially, I want to have a look at the handle, um, mm-hmm. and have a look inside as well. Um, looking specifically for any damage to the, to that. Yeah, no damage at all. No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to turn to Dante and ask him like. So the rest of the bodies, have you checked them for any interference since the uh, the break-in? Uh, yes, of course. Yes, uh, we checked all the bodies and everything just appears to be in order. It was just this one here. And uh, you don't know... Do you have the coroner's report here or anything like that? Uh, we don't know. From your uh, the, the small amount of time you had with the body, was there anything unusual that you noticed when he came in? We did see that he was here for uh, a long time. Yes, he was here for a while. No, no, um, because we weren't, we were only uh, rented, you should, you could say, to um, keep hold of the body. Uh, we placed it in the freezer and, and had nothing else to do with it, you see. We assumed eventually the police would um, would come back and pick him up, or the state. Or... What's the usual procedure for cases like this? Because 11 days seems long, so why did no one, no one... Didn't we talk about this earlier? We did, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, they'll remind that I've been drinking heavily today. And <laughs> he did say it's. He did say it's. It, it's not unheard of, but it is quite unusual for them to stay that long. Yeah, eleven days is quite a while, but not uncommon. Yeah, I remember. I remember. But then also, Tom Parsnip did say it was. It was a little unusual for it to be that long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dante, um, who was the unfortunate member of staff who um, came to discover this? Oh, it was me. Yes. That must have been pretty horrific. Well, I guess so. There was no... no, It was just the the fire door ripped open and the the body missing. There wasn't anything uh, particularly gruesome. And I've I've seen quite a a selection of things in my time, as you can imagine. Well, yes, I'm, I'm sure. He gives a little chuckle. Just glad no one was here, really. Our initial report says that the alarms were set off. But who who gets a notification when the alarms go off? If that's even the case. Unfortunately, no one gets no one gets an alarm. It's not that advanced yet. I don't think it just um, <laughs> it's just loud and scares scares someone off. You know. Well, that's, mm. that's the idea anyway. And no um, phone call to a uh, an um, an agency. Just it's just a an audio audio alarm. That's all. Yes. Mm, okay, he writes that down as an old notepad. I'm gonna put my pen to my temple and sort of tap it a few times. But do you have any any enemies? <laughs> it's a uh, seems to me like someone's gone to a lot of trouble to take well, this yes, body. Yes, actually, and... I do have several nemes- nemesises, nemesi. Um, <laughs> we're locked in an eternal battle. 
Um, and I don't see why they'd come and steal bodies off me. Surely they'd just murder me in my sleep. But Of course, there's Sun Man, Spider Man, <laughs> Mojo Jojo. <laughs> yes, Darth Vader is a bit of an asshole. He comes around here quite a lot. I'm just going to sigh as <laughs> I hear all this. No, I don't have any enemies, no. And as you're speaking to Dante, your phone starts to go off, Agent Gonzo. Oh, nice. It's a, it's a classic Nokia tune, if you didn't mind singing that. <laughs> I can't remember, what is it? <laughs> oh, right, yeah, okay. I'll put it, um, I'll put it in post. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> um, nice. I'll uh, I'll get my phone out and uh, answer it. While he walks away to answer it, we, I will just ask, you know, what's the procedure for, I don't know, checking in, blah, blah, blah. So he's checking, not curious about checking, checking in bodies and stuff, just so he's uh, not curious. Oh, you're just keeping it busy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Hello? Oh, is that, uh, is that Mr. Parsnip? Yeah, hi, it's, uh, it's Tom Parsnip. How can I help you, Tom? Look, um... So these come up, I called a mate. The doctor that did the autopsy. Um, uh, Dr. Henrietta Zimmerman. Uh, she's one of the area coroners from the coroner's court here in, in Birmingham. Sometimes they help out with cases, like quick jobs, suspicious deaths. Uh, anyway, uh, I've got the tape for the autopsy. I thought you'd want to see it. Oh, that'd be incredible. Um, how do we how do we get that from you? Well, um, we, can, we can all go and watch it... Um, at Windmill House. That's one of the little police stations around here. We can get a room and just have a bit of privacy to watch that. Oh, that sounds great. Is that um, is that okay for us to be, to be visiting there, given our circumstance? Yeah, it'd be all right. We'd just be in and out. It shouldn't be too long. We can't go to, you know, we can't go to my house, you know. I don't even have a VCR player, so. <laughs> you peasant, Tom. So do you want to, do you want, would you want to do that now, or? I'd be like, yeah, we'll, uh, We'll meet you in 30 minutes at that, that station. Sounds good. Fantastic. Okay, see you soon. Thanks. All right, bye, dude. Bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> oh, there's that. Bye, 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 bye. Gotta get those buys in. Yeah. Nice. I'll, uh, yeah, hang up the phone and turn around and walk back to Nero. Uh, yeah, so we've uh, we've actually been called back to the station to review some evidence. So uh, we need to be there. Uh, I'll get my, get my watch again in, uh, in about 30 minutes, whenever you're ready. Thank you for your your time, um, Dante. Uh, please excuse if we do have to pop back in and have another, have another chat, but um, it's ju- it would just be to clarify. We're not used to these sorts of um, cases. It's, it's it does seem a little bit suspicious. Not on your part, um, but your assistance is always grateful. I'm gonna flip shut my notepad. I'm like, and if you can think of any of those mortal enemies, do give us a call, and then walk out. <laughs> uh, leave. <laughs> Leave. leave. <laughs> Could we leave via the back door to sort of walk that route? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can walk out the out the fire door. I mean, it's open, isn't it? It's, it's got yeah, a door. yeah. Yeah, you walk out that way. And as I said, very short drive that turns left, and then it's a bit of an alleyway, and then out onto the onto the main road there. Uh, nothing seems that place at all. Okay. What did uh, what did Parsnip say? He's got a, a, a video of the um, the autopsy, and he's willing to show us at the station. We seem to pop down to watch it. Oh, there. brilliant! That sounded a bit too eager. <laughs> I love a good autopsy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'll laugh. I'm like, yeah, Hem. No, check my notepads. Henrietta Zimmerman, um, the coroner. So, 
He said she works for... She works for Birmingham and Solihull Coroner's Court, which is... Coroner's Court investigates deaths, suspicious deaths and stuff. Um, so it's a kind of police adjacent, and obviously they employ coroners. Yeah. So you want to go over to Windmill House and, and meet Tom Parsnip to watch the watch the tape? Is that a deal? Or? I think oh, so. Yeah. yeah. As we go, I'm going to do some light quizzing of uh, John T. Wilson's life, just because... All of our adventures so far, it's been very prim and proper. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just, what's your favourite band? <laughs> what's your perfect Sunday? Yeah. Do you prefer hot holidays or cold holidays? <laughs> the Beatles, Alana Cork, and a. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of which, he gets a little gets a little bag out, fishes a bag out. <laughs> you want a bump? What did you do in your home scene? <laughs> Picked up some new hobbies? Became a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You get to Windmill House and you can meet um, Tom Parsnip outside. Uh, he says, uh, Lucky really, they just started doing this before it was um, before it was all notes. Well, they still do notes, of course, but uh, now the coroner can just concentrate on the job and they talk about what they find instead of... Sorry. He looks a bit sheepish. He goes, uh, come on, follow me. Tom takes you to a little little side room where there's just a few chairs you can sit in and uh, one of the old CRT TVs, the big box TVs with a little VCR underneath it. And he pops the tape in. And it starts up and there is a woman in scrubs. She's professionally going through the motions. She looks like this. Ooh. She's She's a very attractive lady. Jaw hangs down, <laughs> tongue rolls out. She's got like she's got like olive skin, long brown, dark hair, got a pink lipstick on. But she does have she does have a mask and stuff on. But there we go. Uh, she's talking out loud while she does the autopsy. John Doe, age unknown, around forty, uh, most likely lived outside. Dishevelled look, calloused, dirty hands, broken fingernails, no defensive wounds. She describes several outward markers of alcoholism. Red cheeks and enlarged blood vessels in the nose, yellowish skin tone. She writes a few notes down. Moving on. Uh, she cuts open the stomach moving parts about yes um, cirrhosis of the liver not advanced but it's there stomach content nearly empty of solids hmm there's something here paper say it's um, five by five and she she unravels like a little scroll of paper and the camera just catches it as she looks at it briefly. Pause it there. Gonzo just lets out like a little sigh as it's not <laughs> the symbol that he was expecting to see. <laughs> so it looks like, you know, when you do those um, paper snowflakes? Yeah. It looks like one of those um, with a repeating eight sort of pattern and a red circle around it. It's a, a mandala, isn't it? Is it? It's not a mandala, no, but it's it's similar. 
Um, I've just I've just angled it that way so it looks like it's on a bit of paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like flat otherwise. Cool. Thanks, mate. I'll it's all right. Yeah, she 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 brings up the paper long enough to to kind of look at it and then puts it back down. She says, "Moving on." And here she cuts open the chest cavity with a bone saw. Can you both roll sanity for me, please. Eight under forty-three. Nice. Ooh, forty-six under forty-seven. <laughs> oh, squeak that one. Squeaker. Signs of long-term tobacco use in the lungs. Uh, the heart is enlarged. I'd say early signs of cardiomyopathy. Wait. And here she bends over to look to the other side of the bo- of the body's chest, kind of out of view of the camera. Yes, uh, there's a puncture wound on the right side of the abdomen. Looks like it goes straight through to the heart. Small, about three centimetres. Uh, happy to say cause of death here. The shape and degree had to be something curved or angled. Would rule out a regular knife or rudimentary stabbing weapon, screwdriver, scissors, etc. She goes on a little bit longer, but there's there's nothing else of um, nothing else of uh, of import. And Tom says, "I, I managed to um, to photocopy the notes as well here." He hands over the set of notes, which just um, is just everything that Henrietta's just gone over, really. Yeah, like a transcript. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a transcript. But they have like they have like a figure of a person, and there's like circles, and like this is where mm-hmm. this is, and stuff. Do you know what I mean? In the notes, under physical evidence, is listed um, a couple of items of clothing, some shoes, tattered jeans, a t-shirt, 24 pence in change, and that's it. Mm. No, uh, where, no, whereabouts? No scrap of paper. No scrap of paper. As it, oh, oh, okay, yeah. So the scrap of paper was not declared on... The autopsy. Mm. Interesting. And um, where was the um, the puncture wound again? Uh, it's on the right side of the abdomen. Mm. Yeah, I'm just going to lean back in my chair and saw and look over and Nero like, oh, not another bloody symbol. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Doctor Zimmerman, is she uh, local? Um, uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> wrong voice. Dr. Zimmerman, um, I'm not sure. Let uh, let me just go and check. And Tom slips out. So, that paper wasn't declared. I wonder who else was in the room when the, this autopsy was going on. We need to speak to her, don't we? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to nod. Like, oh, definitely. She's, um, we need to know what happened to that piece of paper. Tom, um, sorry, go on. Go on. No, I was just going to say, you, you said that you, at the beginning of the brief, you gave us some rice paper mm-hmm. with a bit of information on it. it says consume paper destroy notification blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. does this symbol slash scroll look like a similar sort of thing no in the video okay cool, cool the the paper that you got is like super super thin mm. right yeah. and the one the one that you sh- the, the one that had the symbol on it looked like like an actual little scrap a bit of paper okay had a bit yeah. of thickness to it mm-hmm. bit of weight is that what you meant yeah 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 so Tom slips back in the room and he's white as a sheet and he whispers, Guys, guys, Dr. Zimmerman's brother, Dave Zimmerman, 
He's reported her missing nine days ago. Nine days ago, so this will be straight after this autopsy, yeah? Tuesday 18th. It's not straight away, no. The autopsy was done on the 12th. So not not nine nine days ago. Huh? No, sorry. Okay, sorry. (laughs) She was reported missing nine days ago on Tuesday the 18th. The autopsy was Wednesday the 12th of October. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. Gonzo's just going to lean back in his chair and he's just going to think to himself like, oh, fucking hell, this is... This is a Kim Granger situation all over again. <laughs> I can, um, I can give you, um, Dr. Zimmerman's home address. But just remember, this is, um, a missing persons case now, so investigators may have already been to her house. I'll nod and say thank you. Then, um, I'm going to ask for the address of the, uh, coroner's office as well. Yeah, that's just in town. It's easy enough to find. And we'll have to pick it up there next time. I should have done the cliffhanger on the bit where he said he's reported her missing, but I didn't think it, I didn't get enough oh. of a reaction. I was waiting for an old <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was, yeah. I, I, was I think we knew. How would he handle the news? But it was quietly. But yeah. uh, hang on, one second. Just say it again, and we'll just deliver some uh, some reaction. Doctor Zimmerman's brother, Dave Zimmerman, reported her missing nine days ago. Oh fuck! That's better. There we go. <laughs> Editing. Job done. <laughs> Fix it in post. Thank you for listening. For more information on Delta Green, visit delta-green.com. Music and sound effects provided by pixabay.com. Additional music very kindly provided by Cryo Chamber. Please check them out at cryochamber.bandcamp.com. <laughs>